Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. It's so good to be here. It's so good to see you, and it's my privilege to welcome you. I'm excited that you're here. I'm going to invite you to take your seats for just a few moments as we dive into his word. Thank you, worship team. Everything, as I've mentioned before, everything is in the Version app. This is week four of our series, Freedom. We've been talking about taking steps towards achieving who God has called us to be. That freedom was not just intended for one moment, rather it was intended for us to live it out. And that sometimes there is a disconnect. And being able to close the gap on that disconnect and being able to close that gap on, on that and to be able to take a step towards the right direction. How many are with me this morning? Let's just take a step in the right direction this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says this, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. How many are excited for that day? Amen. But until then, we, we have to understand the process. May the God of peace make you holy in every way and make your whole spirit, soul, and body, these three components, be kept blameless. All right. To, to daily live in the tree of life is what we have been talking about, to be able to compare side by side the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um, and to know what the tree of life is and to know that God has called us to live a life of freedom that is derived, that is taken out of, that is extracted from what is the tree of life. We need to understand two things. These two things are so important and they're crucial to our daily living as Christians, as children of God. Number one, God designed you with three distinct parts, and we need to embrace these principles of spiritual order in our lives. This is talking about getting into the details of what living a life of freedom is like. God designed you with three distinct parts. And the second thing is understanding spiritual order will help us get rid of the sin in our lives and walk in holiness and walk in freedom. So understanding this, being able to dive into this helps us be able to achieve that. As believers, it, it is our goal. It is our goal in this place to have a life of fellowship with God, to be able to have communion with him. And, and we'll talk about what that looks like. To get to that point in your relationship with God, because God created us for relationship, to get to that point where we know that there is peace in our relationship with him. And we've all been at a point where there has not been peace in our relationship with him. We've all been at a point where we feel some sort of disconnect, where we feel some sort of distance between us and God. And why does that occur? And how do we get rid of that is what we're going to look at this morning. To be able to take a step towards him. And while our desire is a life of fellowship with God, it doesn't come naturally to us. There's some things in life that are second nature. You get up in the morning and you get your cup of coffee, that's, that happens naturally for some of us in this place. That happens naturally. But 
for us to be good as humans is not something that we do naturally. For us to achieve good is not something that we do naturally. Rather, it takes discipline. It takes a decision. It takes some intentionality behind it. When you look at the word disciple, the word disciple, those that follow Jesus here on earth, that word disciple was taken from the word discipline. They had to live a life that was separated. They had to make some intentional choices to be able to follow Jesus and to be able to truly see the fullness of God in their lives. So why is this important? It doesn't come naturally for us. We have to be, we have to marinate, we have to soak in his word, we have to make a choice to worship him, and we have to make a choice to acknowledge him in every, in every moment. Why? Because since the fall in the Garden of Eden, mankind, you and I have battled sin day in and day out. We've battled sin, our sinful nature that wars against our desires, our body. You know that desire that you feel in the, in the morning when you don't want to come to church because you're tired and it's been a long week and we've all been there, but, but yet you're able to overcome that and be able to come here. The body naturally is tired, but we have to let our body know that our body is not going to, there's something greater and we have to make sure that we we keep ourselves in check. The Apostle Paul said that there is an internal struggle, something that is going on on the inside that goes on be, between the desire to do right, the desire to do right, and the natural tendency to do wrong. So we're going to look at these side by side. Naturally, we're wired to do wrong because it takes an intentional choice to do right. So let's look at this. God created us with these three distinct parts, a spirit that must be redeemed, a soul that must be restored, and a body that must surrender. That body must surrender. The Bible tells us in Romans that at the moment of salvation, our spirit is made alive in Christ. And it's immediately put into right standing with God. Isn't that incredible that at the moment of salvation, when we accept salvation, in that moment right there, we are made alive in Christ, regardless of how dead our spirit was, we are made alive in Christ and immediately put into right standing into God. This lets me know that it's not because of what you and I do, but it's because of what he has done, that I have to trust in him and I have to rely on him and I have to be confident in his work. The Bible calls this particular event, justification. It's just as if I had never sinned. However, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 and verse 13, let us know that the soul and body do require time and do require effort to be conformed into the image of Christ. I'll say that one more time. The soul and body, it doesn't happen instantly, will require time an effort to be conformed to the image of Christ. And this process is called sanctification. God desires us for us to be transformed into his image day after day after day. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen within a week or two. It happens with making the right choice on Monday. It happens with making the right choice on Tuesday and doing it over and over again. 
that we would be transformed into his ever-increasing glory. That is what God wants for you and I. That is what God wants for us. And we must learn to hear his voice. We must learn to hear his voice and be led by his spirit. He said, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We know that it is possible for us to know the voice of God. It is possible for us to know that he is speaking to us, that he is challenging us, that he is stretching us to get to a point where we have never been before in our spiritual lives, a place of peace, of continual peace, a place of prosperity. I'm not talking naturally, I'm talking spiritually, a place of blessing on the inside when you can say, it is well with my soul. It is well, whatever is taking place around me, it can fluctuate, it can change, but it is well with my soul because I am anchored in the God of my salvation. I am anchored in his word. I am anchored anchored in his promises, and when I can't stand on anything else, I will stand on his promises that Paul tells us are yes and are amen. There is no no, there is no maybe. We know that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness. That's what, that's what the Bible says. There is no variableness in him. There is no shadow of turning. He is consistent in an ever-changing world. He is consistent. We must learn to hear his voice. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19, Paul talks about what this sanctification is. And this may be a word that you have heard in your Christian walk. Um, Often it may be a word that you have never heard. But let's look at what sanctification is and the process that it is. Because the question that comes up is how long this process takes. It depends on our willingness to engage with the word of God. That answers the question why some people, why, why we can look at people around us and we can see that they, they advance. And we can see people around us and we can see that, that they're at a good place. And we can see people around us that go through heartache and go through suffering. But yet there's a peace that holds them together. Because our willingness, and, and then you can see, let, let's look at the opposite, on the, on the opposite side of the spectrum. There's people that, that cannot handle it. The difference is... Can we engage in his word? Can we engage in his word to accept it as absolute truth in our lives and be able to apply it to all our circumstances, little or small or somewhere in between? Can we apply his word to every circumstance of our lives? Because the word will work if you work it. Amen. I'll say that one more time. The word will work if you work it. The word will work if you work it. So let's take a look at these three distinct parts and break them down. The spirit. The spirit. Did you know that you are a spiritual being? You are a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience on earth. And you are not a physical being having a temporary spiritual experience. That's good. I'll say it one more time. You are a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience here on earth. I may live a few years here on earth, but my spirit was designed to spend eternity with God. And everything that I do on this earth is going to determine whether I spend it in, with him or if I don't spend it with him. I was designed to live forever forever. 
spiritually. I was not designed to have to be a physical being and have a temporary spiritual experience. God's plan is that our spirits become the strongest part of our three-part design and that our spirits be the command center and that our spirits be what give the order and what our, that our spirits be who we are and that our spirits be what we do. What we do, the Bible says this, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. The blood of Jesus has forever purchased our capacity for friendship with God. You can be, you can uh, you, you can be, regardless of how distant you feel right now, you can get to a level where there is intimacy and there is relationship with, with God. I want to tell you, I'll remind you what the Bible says about Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. It's not that he was righteous, but it was counted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. He didn't call himself a friend, but people looked at his life and said, you know what, there's something extraordinary about Abraham. He is a friend of God. It is possible. It doesn't matter how far you have come this morning. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned. You can change your mind today, and you can walk in the opposite direction. And when your life is over, they can say, he was a friend of God. She was a friend of God. They can look at your life and what your life emulates and be able to see something different, that we are the salt of the earth that we are the light of the world, that, that our lives were called to impact and to make a difference and to make change happen. This was the price God paid so that we could be reconciled back to him and have fellowship that Adam and Eve once enjoyed. It took the cross. It had to happen for us to be able to get to a point of reconciliation because the moment that we are saved... We are made alive in Christ. We're forever redeemed. And we're made righteous before the Father. And along with the gift of eternal life, we receive the Holy Spirit and immediately have the ability to be in a relationship with God through his Spirit. In short, the cross of Christ bridges. There's a bridge. You have the cross of Christ. And you have the curse of death. But the cross is what bridges and gives us a way to have fellowship, communication, and access. Fellowship, communication, and access to the tree of life. So let me ask the rhetorical question. Where is your life right now? Where is my life? Can you truly say without hesitation that you will and I are fully living out of the tree of life in that place where we are no longer condemned, where when we mess up, there is conviction that comes, but it leads us back to the cross. Just as a bride and groom are united in matrimony and become one, at the point of salvation, your spirit and the spirit of Christ are united and become one. And now that we are one in Christ, we have the ability to understand what is spiritual truth and be able to discern what is right from wrong. 
We, we know what is right from wrong, and we can adjust our lives to hear the voice of God. I'm challenging you, Impact City Church, we are going to grow together in Christ to get to that point where our lives reflect the fullness of God's word and his promise. So that's the spirit. Let's look at the soul. The soul is one of God's most beautiful creations. It enables us to experience relationships and be able to appreciate what is the beauty of our surroundings, everything that you see. We have been made in the image of God and with the capacity to think, reason, and to express emotions. That is, that is something significant. God could have programmed us to do whatever he wanted. Think of it that way. If he can create with, with his voice, if he can create with his word, he could have programmed us to be able to do everything and anything that he wanted us to do. But yet he gave us a soul that, to be able to have the ability to choose. And our souls are made of these three parts, the mind, which thinks and creates the will which makes choices and the emotions which believe, feel, and remember. And we have to be careful to not let this, these emotions, these, these beliefs, that they, that they govern who we are. No. The, then, we, then let's look at the body. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we learn that God formed our bodies from the earth. So the body acts as a temporary house or shell that contains our soul and spirit. This body is temporary. This body is temporary. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 that it says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we look at the Old Testament and we, when we look at what the presence of God was housed in, it was housed in a temple, in a sanctuary, in the temple called the Holy of Holies. And at the death of Jesus, we understand, we hear the term that the veil was torn and the presence of God moved out of a structure and moved Moved into the hearts of all believers. So let's look at it this particular way. Just as we would not go to church and just as we would not come and shatter the windows and destroy the furniture, we should not do anything intentionally to harm our bodies because they are special, they are designed by God, and they are given us, given to us in according to his word to carry out the place that he has for us on this earth. Our bodies have appetites, both good and bad. The Bible says to be careful of any sin that leads our flesh to getting anything that it wants. Often people want to know, you've met these, you've met these type of people, maybe this has been us. They want to know how far they can sin and still be, still be reachable. They want to know how far, how far can I go and still be able to come back? How far can I do this and still come back? The problem with sin is that it never satisfies. It will lead you from one thing to the other. It, it, it doesn't just blow up one day. It starts somewhere. It starts somewhere. And that's what our body wants. We're constantly looking to fulfill the next craving. Carnal desire leads us to need satisfaction. And though it may satisfy in the moment, the craving soon returns and brings with it an increased intensity. Have you ever known somebody that it starts small? It's just something small, but then it grows and grows. And before you know it, it's out of control. This cycle will repeat itself time and time again until we break 
break it by the power of the Holy Spirit. It will continue unless we stand up in ourselves and say, I'm not going to allow this to continue in my life. I'm not going to allow this to continue in my family. I need the power of his Holy Spirit to to be in me. I need it. I need it. You need it. We need it. That's how we're able to overcome the temptation in our lives. That's how we're able to overcome the bad habits that we have, that we have come to do. That's how we are able to get away from the decisions that have led to, to, to destruction in our lives. And we find ourselves hurting and we find ourselves lonely and we find ourselves frustrated because we are in a cycle that we cannot break. The problem is the cycle, but we need God's spirit to, to quicken us and to say that's enough. I have to make some changes. I have to be different. I have to love different. I have to look different. I have to have a different perspective. And I can't do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. But God's Spirit enables us and equips us and empowers us. Amen. This is what, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, I have the right to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. What, what we do, do we gauge it through that lens? I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. So another real consequence of sin is the ripple effect. A filter for sinful actions should be, how will this affect those around me? Amen. How will this affect those around me? We should rehearse daily the consequences of sin and the weight that it has in our lives and how it would affect our families, how it would affect our loved ones, how it would affect our friends. Would our actions cause another to stumble or to be offended. And then we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it? Is it worth it? First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says, but God does care when you use your freedom carelessly in a way that leads a fellow believer that is still vulnerable. God does care what I do if a decision that I make or if a decision that you make could cause confusion in somebody else to those old associations, the Bible says, to be thrown off track. So when we look at spiritual order, it provides a framework for living in the tree of life. And I'm coming to a close. It allows you to live your spirit united with God. And your soul and your body submitted to your spirit. It allows your spirit, remember we have three distinct parts. It allows your spirit to be united with the spirit of God and for our body and soul to simply follow the lead. To be submitted to the spirit. In other words, your spirit, which is now one with God, calls the shots 
and your body and soul follow the lead of our spirit. And the problem with Christian living is that we have let the body take lead. We have let the soul that has emotions never make a decision based on a temporary emotion. Because we can end up with a permanent effect off of a temporary feeling. We struggle because we let our body follow, I need it. Your body craves it. We let our soul take lead instead of putting the spirit first. I want to take a deep look at at me and at the and I want you to take a deep look at yourself. Is that why I am not living my best life right now? Is it because I'm letting my choices be governed by my soul? Is it because I'm letting my choices be governed by my body instead of letting God's spirit that has become one with my spirit to be at the forefront of everything that I do? Man, I, I know that this is not as exciting as, as hearing that God is great and that God is mighty, but I'm telling you that when this is over, we are going to reach a point of spiritual prosperity in, in, inside of us that is going to set us free from situations that have held us hostage, from mindsets that have held us back and that have been an obstacle and a barrier to who God has called us to be. So here's the real question. If I'm saved, why do I struggle with sin? The answer is found in the process of sanctification and the principle of spiritual order. Worship team, will you come? When we give our lives to Jesus, we receive everything we need for life and godliness. But we may still struggle because our spirit is not in the lead. Our spirit is not in the lead. What we give the most attention to will become the most influential in our lives. That's why when you, we take moments of fasting, it's not so much so we can just not skip a meal. It is so we skip a meal that in that time that we were preparing that meal or eating that meal, that we spend time with God because our spirit is greater, is more important than our, than our body. Our spirit is more important. Our spirit can take the lead only if we feed it more than our soul and more than our body. Our spirit can only take the lead if we feed it more than our soul and more than our body. Because the, con the world around us, let's just be honest, constantly feeds our souls. And that's why we have different opinions and that's why we have different beliefs because we just look at everything that's taking place around us. We watch the news, we read the newspaper too much, and we're just feeding. It's, our souls are constantly being fed. And, and let's not even go to our bodies because if our bodies are starved, you know the grumblings that, you've, that you hear. It lets, it lets you know that you're hungry. Some of us get in a bad mood. Some of us get upset. Some of us can't be talked to. If we're hungry, I'm going to come right where you're at this morning. It, it causes mood swings and, 
and frustration. But on but our spirit. But our spirit. If we withhold gratification from our souls and our bodies, it becomes loud and, and we feel it. But what about our spirit? What about our spirit? David said, as, as a deer pants for the water, so does my soul pant after you. David said, early in the morning will I seek you. My soul, my spirit chases after you. We have to be intentional to feed our spirit. So who's in control of your life today? Who's in control of our lives today? When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce the kind of fruit that the Bible describes. Joy, love, temperance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When the Spirit is in control, that comes automatically. Daily living. So living in spiritual order brings some incredible benefits to your life and to my life, such as protection, such as spiritual growth, such as power to overcome obstacles in our lives. Don't we want to get there? And if it's important for us to understand that living out of this order is dangerous, when we allow our soul, when we allow our body to take lead, it opens the door for the enemy to operate in our lives and to wreak havoc in everything that we are involved in because the spirit is not leading. But when we, we will be protected from the enemy when the spirit leads. When we choose to do things God's way and to be able to give him control of our lives, but when that doesn't happen, what takes place is we respond by distancing ourselves from God. Remember, God convicts. He doesn't condemn. Godly sorrow from our sin will lead us to repentance. Will lead us to repentance. When you realize you're out of spiritual order, and these, this is it, stop and repent. Stop and repent. And then ask for his grace. The last scripture I'll share with you, Romans 2 and 4. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. For me to stop and say, you know what, you love me this much. Why am I messing around with this sin? Why am I messing around with this habit if I, if I have a God that loves me to the end. If I have a God that cares for me and that was willing to send his only begotten son, to send his only son for me, why would I, why would I continue living, entertaining those thoughts? Why would I continue living, drinking that? Why would I continue living, saying that and believing that and letting all that govern my life? Why would I, if I have a God that loves me like this, how could I live any other way? 
dying for me was the most he could do for me. And living for him is the least I can do for him. That's what it comes down to. You can repent. It's his, it's his kindness. For, him to, for you to know that you know what's gone on in your life. And for, him, for you to know that he still loves you. And that he gives you an opportunity today to change and to be better. How do, we, how do we change? We need to change the way we think. Knowing your identity is key to that. To walk in spiritual order, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our counselor. He's our friend. He's our guide. He's the one who reveals truth. You can start getting to know him today by, by diving into his word, by praying more, by worshiping more. Living in the tree of life becomes more tangible when we let our spirit lead. When you walk in the spirit, life is truly abundant and it is truly satisfying and it is only the beginning. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you. We thank you in this place. We thank you in this moment that you have called us to live a life of freedom that you have called us to live a life separated from failure, separated from sins, separated from mistakes, separated from proclivities, separated from tendencies. God, you have called us to live a life of freedom, and we are sorry. We repent from letting our soul take the lead. We repent from from letting our body take the lead. God, today we turn to you. Today, God, we repent and we take a step towards you. God, we, right now, we ask that your Holy Spirit be our guide, be our counselor, be our direction. God, right now, we ask that you would let our spirits lead, God, that you would let our spirits direct, that you would let our spirits, God, be at the forefront. God, that our spirit that is united with you would, would just take lead right now, God. We, we commit ourselves to seek you more through prayer. We, we commit ourselves to seek you more through your word. We commit ourselves to know you more through, through praise and through worship. God, right now, we just, we thank you because a natural occurrence of letting the Spirit lead is that sin begins to diminish and sin begins to decrease. So we thank you that problems in our households, problems with our spouses, problems at work, problems in our relationships, all of that begins to dwindle, all of it begins to decrease as we begin to grow in you, God. We, we thank you because there is peace in knowing you. There is peace in your world. There is peace in walking with you. God, right now, we come against every obstacle. Right now, we come against every barrier. Right now, we come against every hindrance, God, that would stand in the way of letting our spirits lead. Right now, God, we declare that past failures are past. We declare that past sins are past. We declare it all nailed to the cross. Right now, we make a decision to walk in the Spirit and to live a life that is fully 
fully satisfying, to live a life that is full of your goodness, to live a life that is full of your blessing, to live a life that is full of prosperity in our spirits and in our minds, to live a life, God, like never before. I thank you for the freedom that is in you. I thank you for the freedom that is in your word. I thank you, God, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I thank you that there is no weapon that is formed against us that can prosper. I thank you right now. I thank you for freedom in this place. I thank you that someone walked in saying, am I good enough? I don't know if I'm good enough based off of what I've done. I thank you that you are reassuring them through your word that your love is enough, that your forgiveness is already settled. I thank you for a new day. I thank you for a new hope. I thank you for new vision. I thank you for new perspective. I thank you for new life. I thank you for it today in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, and today you say, I make the decision to commit my life to, to him who first loved me, You, you want to declare that today, I want to invite you with every eye closed that you would raise your hand right where you're at. We want to pray a prayer with you. We believe in community and we're here to support you through it. We believe God has great things in store for you. So I'm going to invite everyone at the sound of my voice to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for making a way for me to come to you. I receive this gift and I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I give you all of me. Turn my life around. Fill me with your spirit and help me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God some praise this morning? We praise you in this place. We praise you in this place. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to enter a moment of worship and a moment of prayer. And whether you're comfortable praying there or whether you would like to come and we would love the opportunity to pray for you, I want you to know that we're here for you and we're here to do life together with you. In this moment right now, as we take these steps, as week four of talking of spiritual order and we get into a point, we get, we're making progress to a point where God wants us to live a life of peace. I don't know about you, but, but we've had enough restlessness in our lives. We've had enough frustration. We've had enough uneasiness going on on the inside. God, God died for, for your peace. God died so that you could get to a point where you are connected with him. So let's take a step in that direction today. I challenge you. I believe that your greatest days are yet to be seen. If you believe that, I want to invite you right now just to once again close your eyes and let's worship him for just a few moments.
Let's worship him for a few moments. If you want to come up to this altar, I invite you to come. Father, we thank you once again. We thank you once again for freedom. We thank you once again for your word that never changes. We thank you that you haven't changed your mind about us. We thank you that while people can change their minds about us, we thank you that you're consistent. We thank you for the promises that we have in you. We thank you that your word has been settled forever and ever. We thank you that there is new hope in you. We thank you right now, God, that regardless of how I've lived my life to this moment, I, it can change from this day on. I thank you, God, that even though I've made some poor choices that have landed me where I'm at right now, feeling distant from you, feeling estranged from you, God, I thank you that I, can, I have the opportunity to turn the other way and say, God, I, I receive what you have for me. I thank you right now that even though my soul has taken lead, that, that today my spirit can come into control. I thank you that even though my body has been what has governed my life, I thank you that today my spirit can take control. Right now, God, I thank you that as that happens, there are some natural benefits that come that are declared in your word. There will be peace, there will be joy, there will be patience, there will be self-control. I thank you, God, right now for those things that are declared in your word that are coming over every believer in this place. God, right now, I declare love. I declare joy. I declare your goodness. I declare your self-control. I declare your patience. God, right now, I declare it over every spirit right now in Jesus' name. Right now, we make a decision. We make a choice right now in Jesus' name. Would you let the love of the Father just wrap you in his arms today? Would you let the love of God right now pick you up from the situations that have knocked you down? Would you let the love of God that passes all understanding come into your heart, come into your mind and tell you you can change, you can be different? It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter the poor choices you've made. Would you let his love wrap you in his arms? Would you let his love just show you his goodness and show you his kindness? Come on right now. Let's receive it today. Let's receive it today. Today. Let's receive it today.